today is officially Father's Day. So before we start again, I would just like to read us a detailed explanation. It's kind of a secular worldview of what today is actually about. So the definition of Father's Day, you can thank Google. Father's Day celebrates and honors the men who have embraced the essential role of, a fa- um, role of fatherhood. On this day, we also thank fathers and father figures on our lives, in our lives, for the sacrifices they make, for embracing the responsibility of nurturing and raising children, and for devotion to their family. And so what is Father's Day? Or Father, so what is Father's Day? Father's Day is honoring the fathers or father figures in our lives who sacrificed for us, who raised us, who loved us, and pretty much shaped us into the kind of person, right, we are today. So, Before we start, again, I want to say thank you to all the fathers and thank you to all the dads uh, in here, in this building, outside of this building, around Kauai, around the world. Thank you for what you do. See, it's not easy being a father or they say the man of the house, right? Because we are called to be the spiritual leaders of of our homes. And that's what the Bible says. It's not easy as it pans out to be. So those of us who are watching online, those of, who are, uh, of us who are in church this morning, I want to commend you. Like, you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you decided to be here today. Um, and that is worth honoring. Because for my family, it was like pulling teeth just to get my dad to come to two services just twice a year, right? Easter and Christmas. And so the text that we're going to be in this morning is actually Proverbs chapter 3. So... If you guys have your Bibles, please turn to Proverbs chapter 3. See, the book of Proverbs is a book of God's wisdom and practical application. That's what Proverbs is. These are good things for us to know. So those of you who are already uh, reading your Bibles, it would be a great addition to your devotion time with the Lord whenever you guys devote that time. And those of you who are just kind of starting out and getting familiar with the Word of God, The book of Proverbs is actually a great place to begin. It's family-friendly, and there's a chapter for every day of the month. Let me give you an example. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Um, There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and since today is the 19th, you would turn to chapter 19, right? And you would read Proverbs 19 and just pick out a verse or two, right? That really speaks speaks to you. Like, you won't miss a beat if you do this. Then you can do three things. These guys do it here all the time. You turn for Christ. They do it here all the time, okay? Uh, You can do three things. First, you observe, right? What is the scripture saying to you? Like, what is it saying? And then the second thing you can do after reading that is interpret. What does it actually mean? So you can actually go on letgodbetrue.com and the Proverbs, and it'll show you Proverbs, and it'll actually tell you what it's actually saying. And then the third thing that you can do is apply, right? That's huge. You apply these things into your life. It's short, it's sweet, and it's so hard to beat because wisdom isn't just having knowledge. The power isn't in knowing. That's not the definition. James James tells us that we can't just be hearers of the word, but we need to be doers of the word. So what God tells us in his word isn't just about knowing, but it's about living it out. So we thank God for his word. But we also thank God for his Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit lives in us. He dwells in us so that we would be filled and empowered to help us walk the way that Jesus walked. Because apart from him, we cannot do anything. 
Jesus said, I am the vine and we are the branches. And so if we want to start seeing fruit in our lives, we need to abide in him and he needs to abide in us. Proverbs 14.23, let me give you an example. He says, in all toil or labor, there is profit. But mere talk tends to poverty. See, what this is saying is we can say all we want about what we're going to do and how we're going to do and when we're going to do. But if we don't do it, we won't see any results. See, there's no benefit to us and our lives from hearing God's word and not doing God's word. So the definition of wisdom is the application of knowledge. See, it's the application of what you know that's important. This is hearing God's word and then applying God's word. And listen, you and I will definitely reap what we sow into our lives. It's as simple as that. And so today being Father's Day, it reminded me of my dad and where we came from. Right? We started out not having too much. Um, he had to make sacrifices by going to work in the mornings and then going to school at night with English just being his second language. It created that barrier. And so uh, he had to make it in life so that he could provide for us. And that's what he did. He provided for us. He cared for all of us. He loved us the way he knew how to love. And so growing up, I got to spend a good amount of time with my dad. I was the youngest child. And the things that I remembered the most in life was the things he used to tell me. And it was a lot of yelling. Like, you need to get a good education. Right? If you don't work, you don't eat. That's actually biblical. Start saving your money. Stop wasting your time. Think about your future. Always ask questions. And the list goes on, right? And I'm sure most of you remember some of the stuff that your fathers or father figures in your life used to tell you. And another very specific thing that I remember him telling me was always to look in between his eyes right here in this region. And he would always point out his wrinkles. He would tell me that I gave him those, right? <laughs> so if I gave my dad anything for his love for me, it was a hard time. But I remember clearly, I remember him clearly pleading with me and advising me and warning me for the things that I'm about to start facing in life. And this is the book of Proverbs. See, the author here is Solomon, the son of David. And he is known to be one of the richest and wisest kings ever. But he, was, but he wasn't also known for just his wealth, but it was his wisdom. See, God asked him one night in a dream, Solomon, what is it that you desire the most? And Solomon said, wisdom. I want wisdom to lead your people, Lord. And so God was so pleased with Solomon's request, he granted that to him along with riches, honor, and longevity. And so let's read verse 1 and 2 of Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 1 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Verse 2, For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. First thing this reminds me of is God's fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Paul even uh, says in Ephesians 6 that this is the first commandment with a promise. As he exhorts children and parents. And so Solomon here is pleading with his son. Like pleading. Like please do not forget what I'm about to say to you. See when we are growing up we hear our fathers or father figures in our lives pour into us. And warn us and try to guide us ahead of time. The reason being, as we come to find out, because they've lived longer than us. 
See, so they've experienced more than us. And so the practical wisdom and the knowledge that they have is what we need to have as we start to navigate our way through this thing called life. Solomon says something very interesting in Ecclesiastes. He said that there is nothing new under the sun. Let me explain. See, the reality of this world that we live in, that he's seen, apart from God, this world itself is unchanging. Here's what I mean. In the context of this verse, life apart from the Lord has a way of just repeating itself. And I'm not talking about technology. I'm not talking about new inventions. I'm not talking about COVID or masks or any recent stuff that we discovered lately. No, we have to look at life in a larger perspective. See, when Solomon says that there is nothing new under the sun, Solomon here is actually talking about you and I. He's talking about mankind, that human nature apart from God has remained the same and has always been the same. Like nothing has changed all the way down to what we feel, think, and what we experience in life. We all grow up to go through the same motions of life that our previous generation went through. The only difference is when we go through them. That's why we always hear that famous saying from older people, like, I remember those days. Because they truly do. So Solomon, throughout the book of Proverbs and in chapter 3, is saying, it would be in your benefit to pay attention to my words and do what I'm about to tell you to do. See, Solomon here is pleading with his son, and you can just see the love of a father and the warnings because he is already ahead of the game. See, Solomon's entire life motto is, I've been there, I've done that, so pay attention. And so the reason why I chose Proverbs is because Solomon, listen, wasn't just some geek off the street. Okay, let me give you guys some background. As I mentioned earlier, he is the most wealthiest, wisest, famous king to ever breathe. So however the world, however you and I measure success, he is the definition of that. This guy had 700 wives, 300 concubines. I don't know why you need that many. He had everything that you could have today, tomorrow, and 100 lifetimes. That's Solomon. In 1 Kings, it said he received 23 tons of gold every year, not including all the other trading businesses he had and the taxpayers' money. And if this was today, I looked it up. His net worth would be at least $2.1 trillion dollars. Does anybody have $2.1 trillion in here? You could buy the world. And yet, and yet it was this Solomon that would say to all of us, this was vanity. He came to the conclusion that whether you are rich or you're poor, you are wise or you are fool, in the end we all end up in the same place, the grave. How exciting. So going back to there's nothing new under the sun, this is a person who's done it all. Solomon's seen it all. He fulfilled every desire that his little heart wanted, and yet he would say to us that it was all meaningless. He said, no matter how successful I become, no matter how much I have, no matter what I've done, how much wisdom I've acquired, it was meaningless. This was the theme of Ecclesiastes. I haven't ever heard my dad tell me that. He said, get all you can. Money is power. See, Solomon used the word here, vanity. 
to show you and I something this morning. That these external experiences, the success, and everything that he had and accomplished could not fulfill this inner hunger of his heart. Something was missing. It was never enough pleasure. It was never enough women. It was never enough money. It was never enough buildings. He says it was never enough. He said the toiling and the pleasures of this life was like chasing after the wind. He knew one day that his life would end and all that he worked for and everything that he gained, he couldn't take that with him. He said life would just go on, repeat itself, and another would take his place. See, Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes actually during the end part of his life as he fell away from the Lord. And he had finally this time to reflect, like I remember those days. That what he did in this portion of his life, living for himself, was an endless pursuit to bring him right back to where he started. After everything he's been through, after everything he's experienced in this life, he realized the very meaning of existence. The very satisfaction, the fulfillment he's been searching for was only when he was walking with the Lord. He actually concluded chapter 12 like this. He realized that the duty of mankind, this is the end of the book, our meaning of life came from these two things. You ready? He finished the book saying to fear God and keep his commandments. And what he's trying to tell you and I this morning is that apart from seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness... We can live our lives in vain. It was when he finally looked back at his life and realized the good old days. See, it was his relationship with the Lord and what God commanded him to do. That is what truly filled his inner hunger. That's what gave him his meaning. That's what gave him his purpose in life. And so if we go back to this text... The whole Bible and the book of Proverbs isn't just his earthly father sharing his earthly wisdom. We got enough of that growing up, right? This is an earthly father who was once walking with our heavenly father, giving us heavenly wisdom. That's what Proverbs is. It's heavenly wisdom. Wisdom from heaven. So Solomon in Ecclesiastes is pleading with us and whoever is listening, telling us that we can go through life to fulfill every desire and still be a desire shy away from fullness. Like chasing after the wind. That all of us in a sense desire to have a purpose and meaning in life. He said, I was the king. I had everything. But that void was still there. Life was empty and meaningless. It's when he looked back and realized that the void was filled when he was walking and talking with the Lord and the Lord was walking and talking with him. That's why it is so important for us to know and to study God's word. It's not just a book we read. Like this is our life. Pastor Steve is up here every week to teach us through the Bible. Every week, diligently. So we might know how to start running this race we're on. Not in his kingdom. In God's kingdom. It's not for nothing. I mean, how would we know what to do every day if we're not reading his word? Seriously. It is the word of God that gives us a purpose and meaning into our Christian lives apart from everything that we do here on earth. It instructs us. It guides us. It shapes us. 
It molds us. It purifies us. It convicts us. And it builds our faith. I love what Wearsby said. It's my boy. He said, it's not enough for believers to carry a Bible in their hands. He said, we must let the Holy Spirit write it on our hearts. See, we cannot just be hearers of the word. We need to respond. That's what my dad was waiting for. That's what he was waiting for. A response from me. Knowing the dangers of life that I was about to face. And I only just gave him wrinkles on his forehead, right? Listen, church, obedience to the word of God can add years to your life and life to your years. Amen? Amen. Amen. Solomon says in verse 3 and 4, he says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. He said, Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So I'm going to give a definition. Steadfast love. Definition. It means unwavering loyalty. See, as we start to grow and we start to mature and obey the word of God, it should start to produce an unwavering loyalty and faithfulness unto God first and then man. Why? Because the reality is, the more time we spend with someone, the more we look like him, right? Don't we, don't we hear that growing up? You are who you hang out with. <laughs> because God is unwavering. Because God is loyal, he is kind, he is merciful, and he is faithful to us. So we must be confident in this, right? That he who began a good work in you and in me will complete it at the day of Jesus Christ. See, you and I will start to build this beautiful relationship with the Lord that starts to bring fruit, purpose, and meaning into our lives. But he says you need to wear this commitment like a necklace. Do not pawn or trade this relationship for anything in this world. Jesus said it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. It's not wrong to have wealth. That's not what he's saying. It's not wrong to have a successful business, to get a good education, to pursue your dreams and make it in life. These are good things. But apart from that, what we pursue here, this is the highest calling on our lives. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbors as yourself. It's foundational. That's what we are called to do. Why? Because God knew if it wasn't about him and it wasn't about others, then it would just be about me. As believers, we weren't called to live for ourselves. It's miserable. Ask Solomon. This is what pleases the Lord. To walk with him, to talk with him, to listen and obey. And he tries to guide us during, during this time in our lives. And it would only benefit us not to roll our spiritual eyes, right? As he said in verse 4, besides everything we can be here on earth, church, this is true success in the eyes of God and man. This is what David taught Solomon. This is what Solomon is teaching his son. This is what I need to teach my children. Because God forbid, even after everything they accomplish, that they walk through this life feeling like something is missing. And they start turning and running to every other thing but the Lord to fill that little weird inner hunger of their hearts. See, this is our mission as godly men, godly fathers, godly husbands this is what we were called to do to train up our child in the ways of the lord so that later they won't depart from the truth and the greatest truth 
that we can give them to our children and anyone in this world besides our experiences and earthly wisdom are these next two verses. You ready? Verses 5 and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord. Everybody knows this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And this is a promise. And God's promises are always yes and amen. So for all of us here today, the definition of this word trust that's used here actually means to lie down helpless. Like face down. See, it's this picture of a servant that's ready for the next command from his master. That's what this word trust means. This is what it means to trust in the Lord. Why? Because the dangers of life aren't out there. It's right here. This is where it starts. The dangers of life come when we rely on our own understanding. And when we rely and depend on ourselves, I'm telling you, it's hard to receive and enjoy the things that God has prepared for us. It's hard. So therefore, we must acknowledge him. We must seek him. That's what that means. In everything that we do, and his promise to us that he will direct us on which way to go, that he will make our path very clear for us. This is his promise, guidance and direction. I'm going to end right here this morning, church. Again, today being Father's Day, I wanted to commend and honor all the fathers and father figures in our lives, including the ones in church today. Like I said, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to start your day here at church. What an amazing example you guys are to me and to us as future dads. Parents, fathers, father figures, you have tough jobs for sure. But I hate to break it to you, no dads are perfect. Even the best ones. We all make mistakes. Abraham blew it. David blew it. Solomon definitely blew it. So thank God for his grace, right? And thank God it's not up to us and our abilities and our wisdom, but that we can follow and point to our Heavenly Father who is perfect. And that every day is the Father's Day. So this morning, I also wanted to give praise and thanks and honor to our Heavenly Father who loves each and everyone so much, right? For God so loved the world, right? It's different when you say God loved the world. No, God so loved the world. God so loved you that he sacrificed his son for us, that we might have a relationship with him again through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you're giving your life to Christ, John says, dear friends, we are God's children now. That means we are sons and daughters And so can you imagine how much he desires and how much he wants for you to start living in the fullness of life that can only be found in him? See, I pray that the Holy Spirit put it on your heart this morning to seek and to search him out. That's our responsibility, to to have a desire to be led by him. As you start to develop this beautiful and intimate relationship with each other, as you begin to understand who he is, His wants and his desires for you, they're good. It would be impossible to not fall more and more and more in love with him every single day. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for this day, God. I pray you bless our fathers here, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for being our ultimate father. Um, We praise you and we thank you, God. I pray that your word um, wouldn't just be received today, but we would go out and uh, we would take that and live, live it out. That's what we are called to do. 
We want to apply what we know into our lives, Lord God, so that we can start seeing the fruit in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would give everybody here a deeper desire to know you and want to know you on an intimate level, Lord. And that, um, that, they would, that you would reveal to them what you have planned for their lives. And your plans are good, Lord. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good, Lord. So if I pray, God, that you would fill and empower each and every single person here this morning um, as they get to know you. Not just today, not just tomorrow, for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.